Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. That's an appropriate song, I think, because Paul talks about, you know, Christ died to make his church clean. To present to himself a bride who is holy and without blemish. But he did, had to do it himself. I mean, it's not that the church could clean itself. The church needed a cleaner, a cleanser. And that is Jesus Christ. And we want to be a church that honors him. We want to be the church that's ready for him. We want to be the church that's doing the work until he returns. Thank, thank him that he will return someday. And so I've been the past few weeks talking about the church, about being a healthy body, about being who Christ, you know, died for. I mean, the, the, the bride who he cleansed. And I want to continue that today. As in, in Joshua chapter 1, it's, Joshua is an interesting book. And in the passage we're in today, it's an interesting passage. Israel has come to a crossroads Quite literally, they've come to a crossroads because they are on the edge of the promised land now. They're waiting to cross over. And, uh, you know, they're they're waiting to begin to take over the land if they choose to be obedient to God this time around. Now, you know, ever since God took them out out of Egypt, it's been a little bit tumultuous. There's been some problems, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty that lies ahead. You know, after God had led them out of Egypt... You know, he gave them the law, he brought them to the edge of the land, and they were supposed to go in and take over the promised land then. However, due to the report given by 10 out of the 12 spies, they decided not to obey God, and they decided not to advance God's plan. And so due to their disobedience, they were sentenced to decades of wilderness wandering. And the generation that did not believe, they died without seeing the promises of God fulfilled. And so now, after 40 years since the initial exodus, here they are on the edge again. Now they have a new leader. They're under the leadership of Joshua. But they still face a lot of the same problems that they faced before, along with some added difficulties. Because they, they, they're faced with this decision, are we going to move forward, do we trust God? Do we, do we believe God and His Word? And so are we going to move forward? Are we going to move forward and fulfill His plan? Are we going to move forward and fulfill His calling? Or are, are we going to be like the previous generation and say, no, we will not do it? And they have some problems going on. There's no doubt that there's problems going on. They, they didn't have Moses to lead them. Their great leader Moses is now dead. Most of the generation that was alive before them, you know, they're, they're all dead. And so the generation that's alive now, most of them also, they, they, they didn't see the initial exodus. They didn't see the Red Sea parted. They didn't see God coming down upon the mountain and, 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 and speaking with Moses and speaking to the people and giving the law. They, they didn't see God's powerful works. And so they didn't know God as well as the previous generation. 
They still have other problems. You know, the giants that, that the spies had reported about, because, you know, when, when the spies went in and the, the 12 came back, and 10 of them said, we can't go in there. There's giants. We're like little grasshoppers compared to them. Well, guess what? 38 years later or so, the giants are still there. They would still have to be faced and dealt with. And so here are the, here's the Israelites. They have so much uncertainty. There are so many unknown variables that they faced. There were dangers known. There were dangers unknown. And so now they're at the edge. Do we obey or do we not? Do we trust God or do we not? And I see a, a, a lot of connection between what the Israelites went through back in that day and what we're going through in our time because we're in a place of a lot of uncertainty. I mean, the past two years have been rough. They've been unprecedented in our lifetimes. And now, only a few short weeks away, I know this is going to freak people out because it freaked me out, only a few short weeks away, we are on the edge of a new year. I know people are glaring at me like, don't say that. I'm not, not ready to deal with that yet. But 2022 is almost here. And we have no idea what 2022 has in store. I, I remember at the end of 2020, everyone was like, yay, 2020 is over with. 2021, it's going to be great. And then a few months in, people are like, eh. Can I get a return on this? This year, 2022, we have no idea what's in store. I mean, if we learned anything, it's to expect the unexpected. So, so we're coming into this new year. What do we do as a church? Do we continue just to kind of wander around and just try to maintain what we have? You know, it it's, it's, feels like, I mean, the past two years, it's just been like, all right, let's just try and maintain. I mean, there's just so much going on. Let, let's just try. And So do we just maintain or do we move forward? So we see in the passage today that God prepared his people to move forward. He had plans. He had purposes. And he wanted the Israelites to move forward despite the difficulties and uncertainties that they faced. And what we learn for ourselves is that, you know what, the world still holds dangers. I mean, it always has. The world still has lots of uncertainty. Christ's church, nevertheless, must move forward. Must move forward with kingdom advancement. Must move forward with great commission ministry. And my prayer is that 2022, I know it sounds strange to talk about that now, but guess what? During the holidays, there's, a, there's not a whole lot of, there's like half the congregation is gone for holidays and family stuff and things like that. That's what I'm talking about it now. When I, I, can, I can get the most amount of people listening, listening in. So yes, 2022, we are looking forward to 2022. And my prayer is that in 2022, it's going to be a year of gospel progress as we, the church, learn and grow and minister and we move forward for his glory and honor. And so I want to read verses 1 through 9 in Joshua chapter 1. If you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we cling to these promises as we move forward with your gospel, your good news. May we be a healthy church. May we be a clean church. May we be a useful church to you, Lord. For your glory and honor on this earth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now we can move forward with this gospel advancement based on some promises of God. And so I want to quickly talk about some of the promises of God before I I give you some ideas about 2022. And the first promise that I want to talk about today is that there is a promise of kingdom. In verses 3 and 4, God promises the Israelites that after they cross the River Jordan into the land of the Canaanites, every place that they walk upon is going to belong to them. It's going to be their kingdom. God even kind of previews everything that would be you know theirs when they move forward by faith you know he says this is your boundary and this is your boundary and honestly it's a large piece of land and so god said you're going to grow the kingdom you're going to grow a place for the people of god that's the kingdom the kingdom is the people of god now we too are called to advance a kingdom the only difference is we're not advancing our kingdom unfortunately that's what a lot of people think I am here to advance my kingdom. I'm here to advance my agenda. I'm here to advance what I want to do. No, we are here to advance the kingdom of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's his kingdom. And unlike the, you know, the Israel's kingdom, you know, it had all these territorial borders, Lebanon, the sea, Euphrates, things like that. There is no geographical boundary to the kingdom of God. His kingdom now doesn't just stop in one place. Its influence is everywhere. Because the kingdom of God now advances in the hearts and the minds of people who come to faith in Jesus Christ, regardless of where they are geographically, regardless of their race, regardless of their culture, regardless of their color, creed, whatever, the kingdom of God has no earthly boundaries. It really only has spiritual boundaries. It depends on what you do with Jesus Christ. You believe in Jesus Christ, guess what? You're part of the kingdom. You don't believe in Jesus Christ, well, you're not part of his kingdom. But we, the church, we are called to advance that kingdom. We are the advanced army. We are going forth. We are sharing the gospel. We are growing the kingdom. Or God is using us to grow the kingdom might be a better way of putting it. Because according to Acts 1.8 and according to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, 
Jesus is the king who has this kingdom. He has been given all authority, whether it's heaven, earth, it's his kingdom now. He calls us to march, march forward so we can be his witnesses in the world in such a way that we go and we make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching everything that he commanded. And you know what? When we move forward in this kingdom work, when we do this, we will see a people of God. We will see a kingdom made up of every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And so there is a promise of a kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's his kingdom, but we are doing the work. But in order to see progress in this kingdom, there's another promise that I want to talk about. The second promise is the promise of power. The promise of power. God tells Joshua in verse 5 that no man will be able to stand before him. No one's going to be able to stop the advance of the Israelites that Joshua will lead. He says, Joshua, go. You have the power. I am giving you the power. Go and conquer this land. Now, this wasn't anything had to do with anything inherent in Joshua. It was due to the power that God would give him and give the Israelites so that they could advance God's plans and God's purposes. It's not something within them. It's something that God gives them. God empowers them. And in and of themselves, the, you know, the Israelites, Joshua, they, they may have, they, they probably felt very powerless. What do you mean power? What do you mean they're going to, because they, they weren't a people of war. And now, you know, their, their beloved leader, Moses, was dead. They, they, they were about to face literal giants. I mean, I know after the movie from many years ago, we talk about facing your giants. No, literally, giants. I mean, big people. I mean, I don't know how big, eight foot, nine foot, seven foot, whatever. They were big. They were literal giants. And these giants had a war machine. I mean, they were warriors. And they had, they had chariots of iron and, and horses and, and things like that. What did the Israelites have? They had swords. And then, you know, there's this large river kind of in their way, blocking their way. How in the world are they going to get across this river? They had, from a human perspective, it might seem like they had a lot going against them. But none of that matters because God said, I'm giving you power. You're going to have my power. It doesn't matter what these giants and whatever have. I'm giving you power. Yeah, you're going to, you have obstacles, but guess what? God is going to give the, the power to overcome that. It didn't matter what, you know, the problems. didn't matter what, you know, whether you knew what was going on or not. didn't matter that Moses was gone. God said, they're not going to be able to stand in front of you. Why? Because I'm giving you power. I mean, God brought them back to the edge of the promised land. And it's time for them to advance. And so if God, as the cliche goes, if God calls you to something, he's going to empower you for something. You know, he, he's going to empower them so that no one, even the giants couldn't stand before them. And, and 
You know, that, that's true for us as a church, too. You know, we, we begin to think that, well, you know, um, there's just a lot going against us in this world. There, there's a lot of trial and tribulation and, and, and problems. But, but what did Jesus say after his resurrection and when he was meeting with, with his disciples? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he, he said he would empower his people to be his witnesses. He would empower his people to advance the kingdom through the Holy Spirit that would come upon them and would come upon us. Because the power doesn't come from our own ingenuity. The power comes from the Holy Spirit. It's something supernatural. Yeah, you know, things looked really bad for the Israelites, but God wanted to make sure they knew that, you know what, when you conquer this land, it's not because of you. It's because of me. It's because I'm the one that empowered you. And you know what? If, if we as a church do anything good, if we do anything healthy, if we do anything that advances the kingdom, it's not because of us. It's not because we got smart. Yeah, we, we plan and we have purposes and, you know, we, we do things. And we're going to talk about that later. But it's not because of that. It's because of the God who empowers. But how do we know we have this power? Well, it's based on another promise that God gave. The third promise is the promise of presence. At the end of verse 5, God tells Joshua and Israel, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then at the end of verse 9, he says, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I mean, wherever covers, well, pretty much everywhere. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so God doesn't send his people to do his kingdom work on their own. You know, he doesn't give them power and then say, okay, have at it. You know, it's not like maybe you want to, you know, someone wants to go on a hiking trip, they don't know what they're doing or where they're going, and, and, and you give them the equipment, you give them the boots, the water, the walking stick, whatever, and then you say, okay, go have fun, go, we'll, I'll see you later. Well, they have no idea where they're going, what they're doing. God promises not to do that. He's not going to empower and then say, all right, have fun, boys, girls, we'll, we'll see you later. God promises to be with his people in every aspect of what they do. God doesn't equip and send. God equips and then he leads. You know, you think about Psalm 23, verse 4, that ever-famous verse. When you're at the lowest of the low, in the valley of the shadow of death, David doesn't write in there that you know, you don't need to fear going into the valley of the shadow of death because he's sending you in there equipped and he's going to meet you on the other side. That's not what Psalm 23, 4 says. What, what, what David is able to confidently say is that I will fear no evil for you are with me. God is with me. God's presence is with me. That means in the valley... God is with us. Getting through the valley, God is with us. Getting on the other side of the valley, God is with us. And that means, too, that God is with us when we are advancing his purposes and plans. You see, nothing has changed over a thousand years. Our God does not change. And so now we as a church, we're called to advance. We are called to advance his kingdom. I mean, he says, you're going to advance and the gates of hell won't be able to withstand you. 
But it's not only possible because of the power that God gives through the Holy Spirit, it's possible because Christ is leading the charge. He is going with us. Because what does it say at the end of of, uh, Matthew 28, verse 20, the end of the Great Commission? What does Jesus say? Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How often is always? Always is always. It's all the time, right? Jesus says, I am with you even when this age ends. Even when he finally returns. Between then and then, I am with you always. And so Christ promises to be with his church always. There's never going to be a time when he's going to kind of leave us to our our own devices or problems. And so we are called to move forward with the advance. And he's the one that empowers, but he's also the one leading the charge. But the promises don't end there. Then number four, there's the promise of guidance. In verses seven and eight, God reminds Joshua and the Israelites, well, I'm giving you a battle plan. He calls it the law. You know, it's talking about God's word. It's talking about the Holy Scriptures. If Joshua and the Israelites wanted to know how to move forward, how to act, what attitudes to have, God revealed it to them in his word. And and so, you know, God warns them, be careful to do everything that's written in the word. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. This is your your guide. Make sure you know and understand the word. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything that's written in it. And only then are you going to find God's way of prosperity and success. You know, it says there in verse 8 about prosperity and success. It's not talking about wealth. It's not talking about earthly prosperity and success. It's talking about spiritual. It's doing the work. The Scripture tells us how to advance the kingdom. The Scripture guides us in advancing the kingdom. The Scripture guides us how to live. And so if we want to know how to move forward, we want to know how to live, we want to know how to conform ourselves to Christ, then, then we look at Scripture because our beliefs are shaped by Scripture and it guides us. It's the map that helps us in our endeavors. So if we decided, well, you know what, we're, we're just going to do our own thing. I mean, we don't really need the Scriptures to guide us. Well, that, that's only going to lead to disaster. You know, that's what happens in life. People think, okay, yeah, I'm going to do, do the church thing and I'm going to pretend to be all spiritual And so I know all the right answers, but when I'm out there in the world and I'm living my life, I'm just going to do my own thing. (coughs) I don't care what the scriptures say, I don't care, I'm just going to do my own thing. Look, the scripture is for Sunday morning, and if I feel really holy, Wednesday night, and, but then you know what, the rest of the time is my time and I'm just going to do whatever I want. You know what, that's a recipe for disaster. Scripture doesn't, you know, if you think the Scripture doesn't have anything to say about any other part of your life, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. It has everything to say about everything in life. And, and, and it's true about the church and about moving forward and, and, and doing His work. But there's one more aspect to the passage that I just want to consider real quick about how we as a church are going to move forward in the upcoming year. Because there's these promises And then, number five, what I call the plea for courage. There's this plea for courage. Because three times, God calls on Joshua and the Israelites to not be afraid. But have courage. Have courage. Don't be afraid. Have courage. Move forward. 
do the work. Verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I think God might be trying to get a point across here. And you know why that's so important? Because the 38 or so years prior to this, it was fear that caused them to be disobedient. Oh, there's giants on the land. We, we're not going. But here's the thing. The circumstances hadn't changed after 38 years. The giants are still in the land. The Israelites only have swords. Their great leader Moses is dead. And so the, the situation sure hasn't gotten any better in 38 years. You know, in order to move forward with, with the plants. I mean, if anything, it's gotten harder. And yet here is God telling them, move forward based on my word and my promises. Trust me. Based on my promises, have courage, get up, and go fulfill what I've told you to do. And so there they are at the crossroads. Are we going to have courage and move forward? Now here's the thing. Even though God gave those promises, that didn't mean that moving forward was going to be easy. It didn't mean like, okay, well, we agree to move forward. Oh, everything's going to come effortless, effortlessly, if I could say the word. No, nothing's going to come without effort. There would still be hard work. There would still be obstacles. There would still be enemies. There would be diseases. There would be lions and tigers and bears, oh my, and, you know, in Israel. Because there are, there's all these wild animals. <gasps> Dangers everywhere. God said, be strong and courageous and move forward anyway. And, and so we ourselves, we have to learn, we cannot fear to such an extent that it leads us to inaction. We take courage. And, and, and for the gospel's sake, you know what? We move forward. Guess what? There is going to be opposition. There's going to be opposition from woke culture out there and woke culture in the church. There's going to be opposition from a spiritual enemy. There is an enemy opposing us. But you know what? We, we be strong and courageous and we move forward. Guess what? There's going to be viruses and diseases. There always will be. We take strength, we take courage, we move forward. There's going to be uncertainties. There's going to be trials. There's going to be temptations. But guess what? We take strength. We take courage. We move forward. We move forward, we have a God who is trustworthy, he has given these promises, and he tells us, be strong and courageous. And so we cannot let fear stop us from doing what God has called us to do. And so I've talked about moving forward, but the question is, how are we going to move forward? So if we move to the next slide, you know, we... We're going to have a theme in 2022. The theme for 2022 is going to be laying foundations, building community. We are going to lay solid biblical foundations so that we as a church body are living according to biblical principles with biblical attitudes 
through biblical means, that we have a biblical worldview. And for that to happen, we need to know the Bible. So we're going to lay that foundation, but at the same time, we've got to regain something that we've lost in the past two years. Community. We're going to build community within the church as we ingrain ourselves in the community outside of the church. And, and so let me try and, try and do this very quickly and, and th- talk about you know, what we're doing, some of the places we're headed, how God is leading us. And so if we go to the next slide, if this is kind of the laying foundations part. First, there's what I, what's called the word reading plan. We're going to have a church-wide, church-wide reading plan beginning at the first full week of January, uh, a reading plan from Replicate Ministries. Uh, it doesn't go through every chapter of the Bible. It averages about two chapters a day for five days a week, but it goes through the most important chapters. It lays a foundation uh, for the most important themes found in Scripture. And so the, those reading plans will be made available at the end of the year. But what we're going to do to reemphasize what is taught so that we understand Scripture, we, we, we get it, we read Scripture and we get it, is we're going to kind of, uh, you know, to just keep it, keep it in front of you. And so most of the weeks, I'm going to tailor my sermons based on the prior week's reading. You read all that? Well, I'm going to preach on something from there. Uh, for some of the adult life group uh, classes, uh, there's material that is based on the prior week's reading. Some of the classes are going to be doing that so that we get a deeper understanding of Scripture. We get it. We understand what Scripture is saying. And, and so we're going to do that. And then next, uh, life groups. You know, it, it, uh, since I mentioned life groups, life groups is our Sunday school. It's our small groups, whatever name you want to give them. It's a great way of discussing the Bible, building relationships. And, you know, I, I, if you're not part of a life group, I highly recommend becoming part of one, and I can get you connected with one. And then next is D groups. D groups are discipleship groups of three or <clears throat> excuse me, three or four same gendered people who take a deep dive into scripture and basic theology, so we actually know what we believe. I'm a Christian. What do you believe? I have no idea. Well, no, that 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 answer doesn't fly. We need to know what we believe. Now it's called deep discipleship. It is a two-year process. The first year, you meet weekly, you know, give or take. And the second year, you, week, uh, you meet monthly. But here's the thing. The idea is that after the first year, everyone in that group will then go out and then start their own groups, who after a year will then go and start their own groups, who after a year would then start their own groups and things like that. Now, obviously, because of the nature of the beast, it's going to take a little time to gain traction. But we already have initial groups going, and so hopefully that'll uh, grow uh, over the years to come. And then next is what I call grow studies. On Sunday afternoons, I'm going to return to something that I did prior to COVID, where we were doing a survey, where, well, we were doing a survey of the entire Bible, and it's a time of Bible study. It's a time also of fellowship. Um, we have a time of introduction to the books of the Bible, and then uh, in, in small groups around tables, we, we study and we discuss and we, we try and pull from, uh, you know, the riches from those things. And so that's kind of laying the foundation, and then we have building community. And so next, we're going to have ministry teams. The past few weeks, I've talked about spiritual gifts, and, and ideally, you find out your spiritual gift, you match it with a ministry that is, you know, with your gifting and your passion and, and things like that, and, and if I have spiritual assessments on the welcome tables and 
at, at either of the, the exits. So fill it out, figure out what it is, because we want to form ministry teams that will advance the ministry of the church, within the church and outside the church as well. And then next, we're going to have a Discover Harvest class, because membership at a church ought to mean something. Membership is more than filling a pew on Sunday mornings. We want everyone to know what it truly means to be a member of Harvest Baptist Church. And so it's not a new members class per se, although, I mean, it, it is used as that. I mean, it, it's, it's a class for members of 50 years or those who have just joined or those who are thinking of joining or those who want to know more about uh, the church. So we want to learn about what we can do to, to make the most out of being part of this wonderful church family. It's a four-week thing, and hopefully it'll be both informative and challenging. And then next... We want to have monthly fellowships because one of the, the things that we missed during COVID is being together. I mean, it's hard to be together when you got a sequester kind of in your, your house. And so we want to have a time for people to just hang out, get to know one another, enjoy one another's presence. And so still working out the details about that. Uh, what we might do is sometimes set aside Sunday afternoons uh, instead of grow time, have a fellowship or something like that. And then next, we want to do what's called Table Talk, Table Talk 2022. Now, that's a tongue twister to say, but several years ago, we had times of Bible study and fellowship during the summer where we would meet in people's homes, and we would grow closer to God, we would grow closer to one another, and it was just a really neat time. We've obviously lost that the past two years, and we want to get back to that. I mean, that, and that's just kind of the, the tip of, of the iceberg, but we got to move forward. We, we, we got to move forward. God calls us to be courageous. He says, you know what? We have, there's uncertainties, there's trials, there's tribulations, you move forward. I, I read a story about General Eisenhower in June of 1944. I mean, he had an important decision to make about the D-Day invasion. But there were some reasons for hesitation for not going forward with, uh, with the assault. Because one of Eisenhower's top aides came to him and, said, and gave several reasons. He said, you know, we're not sure the airborne segment of the invasion is going to work. We might have 90% casualties. We might not be able to hold the vital bridges that would prevent German reinforcements. And, and then on top of that, there was the weather. It was blustery and stormy and things like that. Now, if they didn't go when they planned on going, it would be many weeks before they'd be able to do it. And who knows what would happen before then. And so Eisenhower had to weigh these different things. There's so much uncertainty. Do we move forward or not? And after deliberation, weighing things, he turned to his man and said, Let's go. Let's move forward. And they did. You know, we, we know what happened on D-Day. So for them, circumstances were not ideal. There were, there were difficulties that lie ahead. There was a strong enemy that wasn't going to be budged. There were perils and uncertainties and conditions. And, and he still said, let's go. And here's the thing, Harvest. I can't guarantee a thing. I have no idea what's going to happen this next year. I don't even know what's going to happen this next hour. But I do know this. We have a faithful God who has given us a great calling and he wants us to move forward with the work. So Harvest, let's be strong and courageous. Let's move forward. Harvest members, come and pray that, about moving forward. Come and pray and see what God has for you. How your ministry, how you can be part of this moving forward. If you haven't joined Harvest yet, Think about joining us. If you haven't trusted in Christ, we're going to have a final song. I'm going to be up here. 
just come and, and, and talk with me. I would love for you to know my Savior, Jesus Christ, who made me clean. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.